Welcome to the Olam Podcast. This is John Edmiston. This is part two of the Olam Podcast, and the episode is The God of Faith, and it's part of the series on solution-focused faith. In this episode, you'll learn about the nature of the God that you have faith in. God's character is consistent with his actions. So the fact that God is good means that his actions are going to be good. The fact that God is love means that his actions are going to be loving. And if you're a Christian, and if you're in Christ Jesus, and if you're covered by the blood of the Lamb, then God's mercy and truth are with you always. So you're praying to a God who is good, who is loving, who is merciful, who is kind, and who has washed you from your sins. The nature of God is what you put faith in. And as you trust in the nature of God, your life will change and will change for the better. Let's look at some Bible verses and then we'll pray. Let's look at Exodus 34 verses 5 to 8. And Jehovah came down in the cloud and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the sons and on the sons of sons to the third and to the fourth generation. And Moses made haste, and bowed toward the earth and worshipped. Now Romans eleven twenty nine to 36 For the free gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For as you also then disbelieved God, but now you have been shown mercy through their disbelief, even so these also have not believed now, so that through your mercy they may also obtain mercy. For God has shut up all in unbelief, so that he might show mercy to all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who became his counsellor, or who first gave to him, and it will be repaid to him? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. So God is not a philosophy or a concept. He is an active being whose attributes describe his actions. Thus, when God creates peace, it is not just mental peace or inner peace. Rather, it is tangible peace. That is, its wars cease to the ends of the earth and the field blossoms and people live to a great age in happiness and contentment. From one end of the Bible to the other we find God creating what I call flourishing ecosystems. Happy families, gardens, rivers of living water, places that are flourishing and abundant and full of peace. God creates perfect peace, not just peace in our hearts but peace in our environment. When God creates righteousness, it is not just inner righteousness, though that's included, 
but also justice, fair systems. Widows are protected from scams, orphans are sheltered, laws are obeyed, and the world is put the right way up because God's actions reflect his character and he is righteous and he can only create a righteous world. When God gives grace because he is gracious, bondages are broken, life becomes free, healing breaks out, miracles occur, the church grows, and as it says in the book of Acts, and great grace was upon them all. And when God sends joy, then the whole of creation is lifted up in celebration and rejoices with his rejoicing. Life moves up a notch. Sadness is banished. The city celebrates. The spirit of heaviness is replaced by the garment of praise. And the flowers bloom. The trees and the rocks rejoice. And the wilderness breaks into song. That which happens on earth is an extension of God's character in heaven. Let me repeat that. That which happens on earth is an extension of God's character in heaven, which is why we pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so we ask for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven according to his nature and goodness. So when we pray, we're praying to a good and wise God and we have faith in the good and wise God bringing good and wise outcomes in our life, in our church, in our ministry. The nature of God is the nature of the being that controls reality. God created the heavens and the earth. God controls the heaven and the earth. It is temporarily out of control due to Satan and due to human willfulness. But God's bringing it back in control through Jesus. The nature of God is thus directly connected to how things are, how healthy I am, how much I'm paid and so forth. That is why Jesus could say in Matthew 6, 26-30, Behold, the birds of the air, for they sow not, nor do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they are? Which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his stature? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. But I say to you that even Solomon, in his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much rather clothe you, ye of little faith? Jesus is saying that the goodness and faithfulness of God demonstrated in nature also applies to us. The goodness and faithfulness of God seen in fat sparrows and beautiful lilies also applies to us. It is God who is feeding them. It is God who is clothing them. God's nature is seen in nature and how it is organized and we can trust the God that is behind the natural world. It is God's goodness and faithfulness that are feeding you and clothing you even through something like a job. In Matthew 5, Jesus tells us to love our enemies. The basis for that is that our Heavenly Father loves his enemies and the tangible sign of his divine love is that he sends his reign on the just and the unjust. The outward circumstances reign on the just and the unjust matches the nature of God. God loves his enemies. God's nature and our circumstances are meant to be tightly connected. However, we've ended up disconnected from God. 
we've chosen Las Vegas instead of heaven. We've chosen our way instead of God's way. And we've ended up with circumstances that are our own creation and even of demonic creation. But now we're in Christ, we're reconciled with God. We have every blessing in the heavenly realms. And we're put back under his rulership where his nature manifests in all the circumstances of our lives. Living faith is when we realize that God's nature rules our circumstances and we decide to trust in that fact absolutely. Let me repeat that. Living faith is when we realize that God's nature rules our circumstances and we decide to trust that absolutely. Faith says, because God is good, then my life will be good because God will make it that way. He cannot make it any other way because he is good to those who love him. Okay, God says, because God's good, my life is also going to be good. The fact that God is abounding in goodness and truth means that he has a great reservoir of good and that he will be true to us, solid, unwavering and eternal in his blessings in this life and the next. God is not just good in a distant, philosophical, moral sense as someone who is absolutely without sin. Yes, that's his holiness and he is without sin. But he's good to those that love him. He's good to creation. He provides the needs of his creatures and we are some of his creatures. It says in Romans 8.28 that God is working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. His outward actions, working, he's working all things together for good, reflects his inner nature, which is good. And this working of God is on our behalf for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, right there we, in James, earlier on, which I read out, it says that God is light. There's no shadow, there's no wavering, there's no dark side to God. He's perfect and there's no imperfection in him. He doesn't have a nasty side that suddenly pops out because there is no darkness in him, no shadow, no wavering. God is totally trustworthy. So all his gifts are good and wise and without repentance. We can trust God to give us what is right for us. In fact, we can trust God to give us what is perfect for us. But we need to believe that. We don't need to waver in unbelief. We don't need to say, oh, maybe this, maybe that, and doubt God. We will receive as we believe. You will receive as you believe in the nature and the goodness of God. Faith enables us to experience the nature of God in action. The blind man believed in a healing God and he got his blindness healed. David believed in a powerful God and he was able to overcome Goliath. The thief on the cross believed in a gracious and merciful God and entered paradise. We receive what we believe God is like. Faith opens the doors to the reality of God's character in action in our lives. So as you believe God is, if you believe God is your heavenly good father, then you will receive goodness from God. When Jesus and the disciples were at sea and the storm arose, Jesus slept because he was confident God's keeping power. And when the disciples were frightened, Jesus says, Why are you afraid, O ye of little faith? Jesus was totally confident of the goodness of God overriding the circumstances of the storm. Anxiety means we have stopped believing or that we're doubting that God's goodness will rule over our circumstances. 
So when you're moving in anxiety, you're moving in a form of unbelief that says God's character is not going to apply to you in some way, that you're somehow the exception, that you're outside of God's sovereignty and control. But solution-focused faith sees God's goodness and joy and grace and love and righteousness and providence manifesting powerfully in the midst of human circumstances to produce peace-be-still solutions of total perfection. Faith calls on God to manifest his benevolent character in the midst of daily life. So, if you are getting shafted at the office, you can call on God to manifest his perfect justice and to protect the righteous interests of those who love him. If you are knee-deep in debt, you can call on God to make manifest his mercy and grace and cause your debts to be forgiven or removed from you, and you can call on his wisdom to teach you how to be wiser in the future. If your relationships are a mess, you can call on the God of peace to manifest his peace in all the relationships of your life, for he causes the righteous to be at peace with his enemies. Proverbs 16.7 When a man's ways please the Lord, he even makes his enemies to be at peace with him. If your life is depressing and joyless and a grind, you can call on God to make his joy manifest in all your circumstances so that you live a life of celebration. You can call on the God who removes the spirit of heaviness and replaces it with a garment of praise and of thankfulness. You are entitled to this and you're entitled to it for two reasons. Firstly, you are in Christ and you are blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms, including those above. In a human sense, you may not be so entitled, but in a divine sense, you are. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. So you've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies of Christ, so they're yours, you're entitled to them. And the second reason that you're entitled to goodness from God is that all the promises in the Bible are yea and amen in Christ. They are yours by inheritance in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God by us. To activate your heavenly inheritance, you may need to take some faith actions of your own. Firstly, you may need to demonstrate your faith by speaking and acting in accordance with what you believe about the nature of God. So if you believe God is sovereign, you decide not to be anxious in the midst of, midst of the storm, but to trust in God. Or by going and getting some stones for your sling, in the case of David, in preparation for a victory over Goliath. You have to do your part in the process. Secondly, you have to let God have his perfect way and not entertain panic-stricken shortcuts to get grace or to get the way that you think grace is going to operate. So when Abraham took a shortcut, he ended up with Ishmael and Ishmael ended up uh, producing the Arab nations that were the enemies of Israel. So shortcuts cause trouble. You need to slow down and you need to trust God. Learn to trust God's perfect plan and perfect timing. And this is a real spiritual training exercise. To believe that God has a solution, he has a perfect plan, he has a perfect timing, and we can trust that. 
And that's stressful. Trusting God is initially stressful. But rest in Him and trust Him and believe that God has a solution because God's nature is good towards you. Solution-focused faith believes that God will manifest His wonderful and holy nature in wise and perfect and good ways in the midst of our normal daily lives. Let us pray. Father in heaven, you know what we need because you're our good God. We trust that you are good, that you are holy, that you are wise, that you have righteous, good and straight answers to all our things, that we don't have to take shortcuts, we don't have to worry, we don't have to fret. Please show us your solutions and help us to trust in your nature and to believe all that you have for us, things that eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the mind of man. These you have prepared for us. You have solutions. Help us to have the faith. In Jesus' name, amen.